Hello, DSM listeners, and welcome to another edition of the DSM Culture Cast podcast. I'm Luke Manafeld with DSM Magazine, and today my guest is with DSM TV Live, the Facebook page that features almost daily live streams with local musicians and events. Please welcome Jerry Lawrenson, one of the people behind this project. Thanks for uh, hopping on the uh, podcast. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here with you and your listeners. And just a reminder, we are recording remotely as we practice social distancing, so please bear with us if there's any audio ish- any audio glitches or issues. And uh, before we get into our discussion with Jerry, I just want to remind you that if you want to hear more conversations like this one with leaders around the greater Des Moines arts and culture and food and dining scenes, please subscribe to our podcast feed on your favorite platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, and more. Last week, we chatted with the Science Center of Iowa about their social media feeds, which has been full of engaging and informative content, so make sure to check that out if you haven't yet. But back to Jerry, uh, your Facebook uh, Facebook page, DSM TV Live, has hosted pl- plenty of big-name local artists and even the downtown Des Moines Farmers Market, which has gone virtual uh, in May. Uh, that's awesome for something that didn't exist two months ago. Take me back to, to mid-March. How did this idea sprout, and how did it come to life for you guys? Yeah, it's been a wild ride so far. Essentially, when we found out the likelihood that none of us were going to be able to work for a while, and by none of us, I mean pretty much anyone in, involved and affiliated almost in any way with live music, um, the performing arts, etc. Myself, Tony Bonenkamp, John Locker, and Brad Seidenfeld had a, essentially a kind of a joking text thread between the four of us. I want to say it was Tony that roped us all in together first and essentially said like, Hey, should we live stream St. Patrick's day or something to that effect? Um, and because we're all, you know, creatives and, and have, have been entrepreneurs for so long that immediately triggered just a, four hour, several thousand text message exchange of I kicking around ideas of what this, what could this be? Um, you know, who would play at it? Where is it going to happen? Um, and you know, we're old enough to remember original MTV. And so the first idea was kind of to just do a one-off, like do a, do a, like an MTV beach house type thing over at Tony's house. And, the, maybe the garage is one set and the living room's another set and the hot tub's another set. And, you know, we just kind of fart around and, and, um, and, you know, play some music and do some stand up or who knows, you know? Um, but then that quickly evolved into some of the logistics of it and some of the tech that's required behind that. And, um, luckily, uh, John Locker, uh, who owns the Sonic factory studio, um, he has a space in a, in another, um, audiovisual studio in uh, Urbandale um, called Red Noise 6 Studios. And the management of Red Noise 6, they were incredible to us and continue to be incredible to us. And, you know, essentially because of COVID-19, the majority of their daily operations that would normally have happened inside that studio space, it dried up, you know, very quickly. And, and they have had to pivot how they do their business outside of that studio. And so, um, and so they were like, you know, come on in guys and you can have, you know, free run of the place for a while and try your thing out. And 
Uh, and so we did it. And that first, I think that first day we reached something, something like 50,000 people. Um, and I think there was something, something to the effect of almost 20,000 people that had at some point during that first broadcast tuned in. And so after we saw the numbers come back about that, we knew that there was maybe some legs to this. And again, 500 million billion more text messages between us and the fault the days that followed that you know led us to kind of where we are now yeah and yeah that's two months ago and and now today like i said you guys are hosting not just musicians but events and have plans to do more of that did you envision something like like what it is today and it just continues to grow <laughs> we did not but the we got to that place pretty quickly because again, the impact of the essential shutdown um, of business operations, as most of us know it, that spider webs out so far into production people and lighting people and the people that, you know, Jim's John's that has, you know, all of the porta potties that would be out at live music events and, marketing people that would be, you know, putting out all the posts and developing the creative behind all the nightfall in the river stuff and, you know, woolly shows coming up. I mean, just the, the impact of this is just so wide reaching. We knew that with this channel, we had an opportunity to showcase and, and help. We got tired of canceling stuff and it seemed like we had this thing that could help people stop canceling things. And just because they have to be different does not mean that they have to go away. And so, you know, at that point, it, it almost became that mission was like, well, what else is canceling and how do we get a hold of them and how do we help them figure out a way to not cancel their thing? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, now we've got a podcast that's on there regularly. Um, we've got the farmer's market thing, um, the virtual farmer's market meetup. That's been really neat to be a part of. Um, we've got the uh, the luncheon in the in for lunch series um, with the uh, Des Moines partnership. Um, we've got a few other things in the hopper that we're working on. You're not quite ready to talk about yet, but um, but yeah, we just we're tired of canceling things. Yeah, and I think uh, judging on our conversation before the show, I think it's definitely clear that you're filling a need in the community. Um, what are some of your favorite moments so far? I know that you perform with Piano Palooza too. You're, you and your and Tony. Uh, on, on the on the pianos yes uh, obviously uh, since the majority of my colleagues in the live music performance world and community are now without a place to do their work for one thing it is it is an incredible blessing for tony and i to still be able to weekly connect with the, the audience connect with viewers play music for people in a live setting and so that is a you know every wednesday and and we all kind of that wednesdays are kind of holy to us because it is just the four of us again in that space, just like it was on the first day. It's just the four of us. And, and so there's something kind of special that, that, that is nice about uh, the Wednesday piano bar. But that said, um, some of the other special nights, um, uh, there was one time where a band that John Locker plays in, um, he is a, the bass player in that band. Um, and so he had the Jeff Banks trio in. And, but since John Locker is literally probably one of three or four people within a few state region that would be able to operate cameras, operate audio systems, operate computer programming, all of the on-screen graphics. 
in the first place. And then now he added in playing the bass, playing along with this band while he's doing all of that stuff. I sat there in the studio and my head exploded. I just could not believe what I was watching. Like, there, you, I mean, you are just a phenomenally talented person to be able to do one of those things well. And he's doing like four things really well. So that was one of the most incredible things I've personally ever witnessed before in my life. Um, so that was really cool. Um, another really neat one um, would have to have been uh, maybe that first, one of the first singer songwriter nights we had with Chad Elliott. Chad Elliott is a, a musician and um, an artist, uh, a visual artist in, in Iowa. And he came in and it was one of the first like singer songwriter nights we had where it was just him, just like on a blank, you know, the blank stage in the white room and just the hundreds of people that were watching and the hundreds of people that were commenting um, and how intimate it was and how beautiful it felt. And it was like the lights were low and um, the production just, it felt like you were watching Austin city limits or it felt like um, it felt like you, you know, you were watching something from grand old Opry or something like that, where um, it was intimate and, and beautiful and it sounded great and his stories were excellent. And, um, it was just a, a wonderful way. Uh, granted, like we all want to be watching music, but it was still a wonderful way to experience music. And so that was one, another one that really stood out to, to us is like, hey, there's something special here. This is a really neat thing. You know, let's keep trying. Let's keep pushing and let's keep seeing what else this can become. And going back to your, to your story about John, I'm trying to pick up the guitar myself, so I can't even put my head around how he played the bass while trying to do all the technical stuff. I can barely uh, do a transition from a C to a G chord flawlessly. So yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and it, all of our shows so far that we've done, and there's been some like mid 30, I think 35 shows or something like that, but they're all archived on the channel right now on, in the video section. So you should look, do yourself a favor, look up the Jeff Banks trio and go watch a few minutes of that. I mean, it is, it is something to behold to watch John literally doing, running a television station and playing in a really good band at the same time. <laughs> and I know you mentioned that you can't talk about everything that's in the works right now, but what are some, you know, plans uh, going forward? What are some overarching goals for you all? Uh, so yeah, um, some of the things uh, we're trying to put out as much content as we can that is also user generated. So the, the lowest hanging fruit of that for us has been anyone like in a, in a band that already has, um, you know, video material that they have submitted to us. I want to say last count, we've received something to the order of like 150 different submissions of artists that are like, Hey, here's my video. Um, and so we've added those videos to like pre and post rolls of, sh of live shows so that, you know, when people tune in, there's always something for them to watch. So they're seeing, you know, just like old school MTV where they used to actually play music videos, we're doing that again with local artists. And so that's one thing that is, has consistently been um, something that we're adding in terms of new material is cycling in those other artists that um, have material to be watched. Um, another thing that we're trying to do um, is uh, with, has to do with the medical community. And so we've spun out a couple different times um, where um, we have some local health professionals, ER doctors and nurses that um, have come on to the channel and talked about what they're seeing in Iowa in terms of the COVID-19 response and in terms of 
personal safety. Um, you know, so that, that would be another thing, trying to tell the story of what, um, what's going on here on the ground, you know, in terms of national news um, and even local news. I mean, you, you're not necessarily, you're, you're not necessarily getting something that is talking ex exclusively about what's going on here at a micro local level. Um, and so in that way, I think our channel can fill that gap and fill that space of telling the story that's happening here in this town um, in, a, in a more, in maybe a less polished and more irreverent way. <laughs> well said, well said. And I know Facebook is obviously effectively, it's a, it's a free platform for people to watch. So how can people support you, uh, help you out while you, you're doing all this stuff? Um, the biggest thing that you can help us do is expand the reach of the channel. Um, you know, just like a crowd at a live music show, um, you know, it's, it can be special and intimate when there's only 15 people there. Um, and that can be a really special night for music, but it doesn't do as much good for the artist or the institution that's putting that show on, you know? And so if we're going to, you know, and our mission, like first and foremost is to create a, a sustainable and viable, beautiful space for artists to still perform in and still connect with the community that supports music. And so, um, and so first and foremost, like the page, follow the page, the DSM TV live page, um, tune in and share the stream, you know, and um, type some friends uh, names in the comment section of the stream. Um, you know, anyone else that you think might enjoy this because, you know, uh, we're, you know, we're adding hundreds of followers and likes to the page every week. But the fact of the matter is, um, there's still, we're, you know, we're still, there's still so, and, and so much of a bigger audience out there that has no clue who we are or what we're doing. And so the, the bigger the, our audience can expand, the more powerful this beacon becomes for the performing arts and every artist in town in general to still connect with their audiences. Um, the second thing is um, every show we have our Venmo up um, and, you know, viewers can make a, you know, think of a door cover anytime you go see a band or a ticket price. Anytime you go see a band, throw some, throw a door charge in, in the, in the Venmo. And, you know, that cost goes directly to the artist. It goes directly to the production to, to help us keep putting these shows on. Um, so that's another thing. And the, the final way, the third thing is, um, would be uh, any kind of partnership. So um, we, in this, in the seven weeks that this page has existed, we've already um, have over 5,000 followers to the page. Um, I would say an average um, viewer, um, you know, nightly viewership of the stream is anywhere between five and 15,000 people. The account itself has been now seen by almost half a million different people. Um, which is just like mind bending for, you know, some, something that's only been around for a few weeks. Um, so if there's any, uh, you know, anyone out there that is trying to get the word out about their business um, or about their service, um, we, you know, we offer sponsorships. We'll talk about your product. We'll, you know, play any digital assets, commercials that you might have during the broadcast and tell, tell a story for you in a, in a much different way than like a radio or a television station currently would, you know, we this is kind of the wild, wild west of video production. And so, you know, in that regard, we can do, we can be a lot more, I think, agile in the way that we present, you know, a, 
a, a, a company's image. Um, so, so those will be the three things. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Jerry. I think you're the first person to join the podcast with a, with a baby in tow. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, you know, everyone's got to change how they're doing work. And so right now this guy's, uh, he's, he's my business partner too, even though he's only five months old. There you go. Bring in new perspectives. Uh, well, I, I had a blast. Thank you again for joining. Um, just, uh, just a reminder to the listeners, you can check out DSM TV Live on Facebook. Just search DSM TV Live to find their page and tune in to their almost daily live streams. And uh, you can subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. We will talk to you next time. <laughs>